Well, welcome to Divine Generation Church. Hallelujah. Um, we are on a teaching series called The Church, Soul Battles and Deliverance. The Church, Soul Battles and Deliverance. Uh, we probably, we're probably about eight messages into it. So uh, the first four messages were about the church. The second four messages were about soul battles. And now we're going to deal and touch on deliverance. Uh, the church, as the church, we have to remember that the church is not those who accept, say, they just say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's not who the church is. The church are not those who are just been born again, but it's those who have been born again and they have decided that they are going to grow up in the kingdom and they are going to become everything that the father needs them to be. OK, the church is light. The church is salt. The church is ambassadors. The church deals with uh, us being a city set on a hill. The church deals with, deals with us being a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a spiritual house, living stones. When we can look at ourselves and say that we are that, then we can say that we represent the church because the church represents impact. Yes. Say impact. impact. If we are not impacting, then we are not the church. If the father can't put someone next to you and you be light, you, can't, you don't represent him. Yes. If he can't put someone next to you and and they grow and they see what a child of God look like, then you're not impacting. You're actually hindering. Plus, Jesus is the head of the church. The church is his body. Okay? So in order for us to be the church, we have to move with the head. Yes. Amen? Amen? Then there's soul battles. Soul battles happen because of two things. Go ahead, y'all. Um, that's why I was going to beat me to the punch. Disobedience and ignorance is what you either don't know or what you know, but you refuse to do. It creates soul battles. And we did in this series, in the series that we did, a mini series inside of a series. All right. Um. We did, uh, we talked about the miseducation of the soul because we've been going to church for years. You know how many people I know who've been going to church for years, 20, 30 years, but they never knew God was their father. They never entertained that relationship. All they knew that was Jesus Christ died on the cross and eventually I'm gonna get me a seat in heaven. And that is stupid. That is stupid to say that God came up with that plan. I'm going to create mankind, put them on earth, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make them walk on eggshells and work their way to heaven. <laughs> so soul battles happen when you are miseducated and you are not taught right. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you don't think right now that I am a child of God, then you're not carrying it out in your life. If you don't wake up every day and say, I am a son, I am a daughter, I am a child, and then you have a focused plan on living that out, you're going to go through tremendous soul battles. And, and the soul battles are the reason for deliverance. The soul battles are the reason why we need deliverance, because we don't know who we are. 
And because we don't know who we are, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Because we don't know who we are and we don't know what to do with ourselves, we don't even know the questions to ask. Because we nervous and we fidgety and we've been taught in church that God is a terrorist. Soon as you make a mistake, I'm taking all your blessings. Soon as you don't do what I say, I'm going to curse you. And that has bled over not into our, our own personal relationships, even in the church. Leadership can't make a mistake. <laughs> it's time to find a new church. No, I'm serious. That's, come on now, y'all know I'm not playing. I told you, when, uh, us as men, we need to hear that we are children, that we are sons of God, so that we treat our wives and our children right. If we don't know that we are sons of God and we know how he deals with us, then what we'll do is every time our family, our, my wife makes a mistake and my children make a mistake, what, what's the first thing going to come to my mind? Is what the church taught me, disown them. If she can't listen, she need to go. No grace, no patience. And so deliverance means that you have been rescued. Say rescued. rescued. It means you have been rescued you have been brought to safety, and now you are being preserved. When you don't respond to that deliverance, now we got to cast some out of you. Now we got to pray over you and pull something out of you because you won't align with the church, because you won't align with sonship, because you won't align with the word. So the title of our teaching for today is Deliverance by DNA. Okay, Deliverance by DNA. All right, we're not now, we're talking about Paul's and Peter's ministry. We're not talking about Jesus' ministry. All right, Jesus' ministry was a different type of deliverance because he was the redemption. He was the ransom. So when Jesus was on earth, nobody could be saved. So all we could do is cast the devil out of you. That's all we could do. But once you come into the body of Christ and once you become a child of God, salvation belongs to you. Salvation belongs to you, which means healing is a part of the package. Deliverance is a part of the package. Prosperity is a part of the package. So we're talking more about the church and that deliverance, the sons and daughters, because my job as an apostle is not to teach the world. My job is to develop the church. My job is not to teach the world. My job is to develop the church. The church is an embassy for ambassadors. When you show up here, you're showing up here because you want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Because you want to know your purpose, you want to know your assignment, your mission. Father, where do I fit in in the puzzle? You're coming here because you want to be a part of the body and you want to grow into him who is the head. So that's what we're here to teach you. We're not worried about the world. Paul said he came to the church in Corinthians and he told them, he said, do not hang with fornicators. He said, do not hang with those who are doing wrong. And then he had to come back and tell him, he said, when I said that, I wasn't talking about people in the world. I was talking about people in the church. He said, if, if, it, if, we, if that was the case, we can't talk to nobody. 
Okay, we, can't, we, we just got to click up together and we can't talk to nobody. So our job, my job as an apostle is to build the body. Or let me, let me rephrase that, equip the saints to build the body. Okay, my job is to equip you to build this. So deliverance by DNA. Let us pray. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's... <laughs> you ever been at a table with somebody getting ready to eat and somebody saying a long grace? <laughs> just, just, just. The Bible said that everything is already blessed. Just blessed. <laughs> blessed already. Ain't, your brain didn't do nothing. <laughs> All that, the, he, the mentioning the three Hebrew boys didn't do nothing for the food. All right, our first scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And it reads, in the beginning, God, say God. God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, now, God has no beginning. So this beginning is when he created the heavens and the earth. Okay. God has no beginning. So in the beginning, he's saying this is when this is the start of when I created the heaven and the earth. This is not his beginning. OK, understand this. God does not live in time and space. He lives in eternity. So he had to let us know that the beginning of time and space happened when he created heaven and earth. All right. Genesis chapter two. Verse one. Now, this is important because what I'm, what I'm attempting to do is show you God, show you the Lord, and then show you the Father. So in Genesis one and one, you don't have to go back. He said in the beginning, he created the heaven and the earth. And then he began to speak things into existence. The Bible said the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. Then he began to speak. And then when he got to Genesis 5, 25 and through 27, he said, uh, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So now we're in Genesis chapter two. Now this is important, okay? Because he was God when he created heaven and earth, but he didn't appear as the Lord until the second chapter. So it says, so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were complete. They were complete. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done. Say he had done. He had done. Mm. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Yes. Say he had done. he had done. Now, this is where we get the whole point of view of restoration because he already did the work that he's going to do. You can stop saying, Lord, bless me. Because he ain't blessing. He's not blessing anybody. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's a waste of time to say, bless me. He's already blessed you. He's waiting for you to get in Christ Jesus to receive the blessing. The blessing is it's, it's there for you already. It's waiting on you to get in Christ Jesus. 
This is the need for restoration because he's already done it. He's completed everything he was going to do. The Bible says he knows the end. Come on. He knows the end before the beginning. Your book is already complete. You just got to align yourself with your, your heavenly father. It's already done. Your story is over. You got an expiration date. Oh, no, don't say that, right? I feel you. <laughs> you got, a, you got a, an end to your book. Jesus was the cross. Paul was boiled in oil. Yeah. Verse 3. It says, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. For on it, he rested from all his work of creation. This is why the Bible says the creation is groaning. <laughs> Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Because they know the father already did the work. Now he's waiting on man. Verse 4 says, these are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation. At the time, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So now we see it go from God said, God said, to now we're talking about the Lord. Why? Because he now owns something. He now owns something. He's now ready to rule over something. Y'all with me? Okay, let's keep going. It said, no shrubs of the field had yet grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. But mist would come up from the earth and water all the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and man became a living being. So once he did that, that was the start of him being a father. That's why in Luke 3.38 it says that Adam was the son of God. So we have God creating the heaven and the earth. After he created the heaven and the earth, put everything in it, then he became the Lord. Why? Because now it's time to rule over it. Then he creates man in his image according to his likeness. Now, then he forms the body. Then he, he breathes the breath of life in him and he becomes, a living, he becomes a living being. Now he's a father. Okay. Verse 8 said, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had formed. So after he created man, he, create, he placed him in the garden. What a garden usually represent? Growth. Yes. He put him in a place where he can grow. And Eden represents his presence. So the place of growth was his presence. That's why outside of his presence, you can't grow. That's why you need to stop fighting and struggling and arguing and stay in his presence. Stay baptized. Remember that? Stay baptized. Just stay baptized. You'd rather be baptized with the problem than not baptized and the problem still exists. I can feel his presence. I can hear him. I know him. But and the problem is there. I'm cool. That's peace. That's peace. I can't hear him and the problem is there. That's torment. That's no peace. 
Jesus said, the peace I give you, the, the, the world don't have that peace. Your training is to go through situations and circumstances in life and maintain peace. Understand that he has everything under control. And the, and the most vilest, the, uh, uh, um, the most divisive situation that you can go through will be training. Because you're God's child. Because you're God's child. Let me say that again. Because you're God's child. So God ain't pulling you out of a splinter in your finger. God ain't pulling you out of headache. Some stuff you're going to have to endure. And in enduring that, you're going to grow. Because the next level, it gets worse. If you don't like them talking about you and you ain't done nothing, don't do nothing. <laughs> if you got a problem with people coming against you and you, ain't done, you haven't done anything, don't do nothing because they're going to really talk. So right now, everybody, right now you hear people talking, you're in training to get church ears. Hear him above everybody else. You don't think Jesus heard everybody? He made an announcement. He didn't have to say, I only do what my father say. He didn't have to say the son can only. He, he knew that. He was letting us know. I told you, Jesus' ministry was showing us what an authentic son looks like on planet Earth. That's what it was showing us. The Pharisees came up against him, the Sadducees, the scribes, Herod. She said Philistines. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> she said the Philistines. Yes. <laughs> so the Lord formed and breathed his DNA in the body. So when, when it says that he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living being, we have to understand that he breathed his DNA in him. That's why he can tell us to conform to the image of his son. That's why this is a, the Bible says that he predestined us. He predestined us. You can't get out of that. The Bible says he predestined all of us to conform to the image of his son. Image. Image. Picture. Image. You need a picture if you're going to conform. Image. He, he predestined us to conform to the image of his son. So there has to be a picture. And there has to be a picture for your imagination. If you can't see what you're trying to conform to, then how are you going to conform? So that's why he gave us, watch this, the word. Oh, Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. So. He created man in his image. I have to bring this out. And after his likeness, and he said, let us. Now, it's important that I let y'all know that he was not talking about the Holy Spirit. All right. I have to let you know that he wasn't talking about when he said, let us make man in our image. He was not talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about his son, him and his son, family, say family. family. OK, my proof is he told us to conform to the image of his son. <laughs> He never told us to conform to the image of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Christ is the invisible image of God. The Bible says all things were created through Christ. So Christ is the word. The word became flesh. 
So we come to church to listen to the word so we can be conformed to the image because the, because the word became flesh. So the agenda of you coming here so the word can become flesh. And until the word becomes flesh, you're carnal. You're not spiritual. You can't hear. You need a nature change. We hear according to nature. Adam didn't hear like Jesus after the fall. Before the fall, Adam heard just like Jesus. He heard his father. Why you think when he, when he disappeared off the scene, uh, the father had to ask him, Adam, where are you? He knew where he was. He just knew it was a, discon uh, 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 disc a disruption of the connection. So God has no beginning or end. He is eternal in eternity. From eternity, he created time and space. The Lord has a beginning and his beginning was in time because Lord means to own. It means to rule. It means you are responsible that he is now responsible for someone. In scripture, the Bible refers to husbands, it refers to fathers, and it refers to employers and kings as being lords. Why? Because when, my, the job is to rule over, but not just to rule over, but it is the responsibility to make sure that the person that you are ruling over gets their destiny. So this is my wife. I only can rule over her because she decided to take my last name. That's it. So ladies, if you don't have his last name, you don't have to listen to him. Until he give you his last name. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. But the thing about it is, is because she has my last name, the moment she introduces me to her purpose and destiny, I have to be the one to make sure she gets there. Amen. The reason why a father is a Lord over his children is because they are responsible to grow into his name. Yes. And he's responsible to make sure that they what? Get their purpose and their destiny. So he isn't just our Lord because he rules over us. He's responsible for making sure that we get our destiny. So the Lord began in time. After he created and now he has something to rule over. He has something to grow up into. Now there's something on earth that has to grow up into him. That's why Jesus Christ is our Lord, because it is our job to grow up into him. You don't have your own life now. You gave it. Or did you? He said, if you give your life, you're going to save it. But if you try to keep it, you're going to lose it. Because in Christ, is, is the, the book that the Father has written for you that has an end and a beginning. That he already knows. Gave you expected end. Ah. So, 
he started, now God started being a father in eternity with Christ. You ain't heard this one. Read Proverbs chapter 8 when you get time. The father started being, he started in eternity with Christ being a father, and then he extended it to Adam. Adam was the first representative of Christ. So, 1 Corinthians 15.45. Mm. It says, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became what? A life-giving spirit. So the first Adam was a living being, which means through his sperm and through Eve's eggs, we were supposed to create a spiritual family. He was a living being. Through Adam's sperm and Eve's eggs, we were supposed to be God creatures. But Satan, this is a lesson. He knew he could not let them, he could not let Eve get pregnant before he made them fall. He knew it. It's a lesson here. Anytime it's time for you to birth something. <laughs> you're going to get offended. You're going to get upset. You're going to get angry. You're going to get resentful. Why? Because Satan's job is to disrupt you before you get pregnant. So the first Adam was a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So because Adam failed, now Jesus has to come and give us his DNA. And this is where we get deliverance by DNA. So the first Adam was a living being, but the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. That's why the Bible says that Christ is our seed. And that word seed in the Greek is the word sperma. So Christ came to the, the second Adam or the last Adam. The last Adam came to deliver us by giving us DNA, the father's DNA. We need to be delivered now. Why? Because Adam failed. <laughs> we didn't need we don't need we didn't need deliverance until Adam ate from the tree that he was not supposed to eat from. Now we, every, the world, a whole world needs deliverance. Be careful, you put your family in a situation, eating the wrong things. Romans chapter five, verse 18. It says, so then, as through one offense, the result was condemnation to all mankind. This is Adam. So also through one act of righteousness, the result was justification of life to all mankind. We're talking about deliverance, right? So because of Adam's offense, we were all condemned. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. So we, sometimes there's some, it's some uh, um, 
Bible in, interpretations or versions that leave that part out. And, believe, and children of God are going around saying that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But it's if you don't walk in the flesh, there's no condemnation. The moment you are in the flesh because it's a spiritual life, you condemn yourself by your actions. Verse 19 says, for as through the one man's disobedience, soul battles, the many were made sinners. So also through obedience, come on, of the one, the many will be made righteous. So offense and disobedience leads to condemnation and sin. This is why the church needs deliverance. This is why people need deliverance, because no matter how much you preach the word to them, they got this thing in the back, I'm going to do what I want to do. And when you do what you want to do, you invite all Satan's army with you. Just like Adam did. Through Adam's obedience, disobedience, he corrupted a whole generation. That's why I say you have to be careful because through your obedience or disobedience, you can corrupt your whole household, your whole family. How about this? You're the one that the father called to pull your whole family out. So how about this? Your obedience or disobedience is it <laughs> will hurt, harm your family. You're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to be the salt. Ugh. So, also through the obedience of the one, the many were made righteous. So, through obedience, Jesus' obedience, we were made right. We were seated, positioned. We became heirs and joint heirs. We became kings and lords, light, salt, royalty. We became a holy nation because of Jesus' obedience. And this was deliverance. This was deliverance. This is what deliverance was. Deliverance was supposed to be you being pulled out the world and being brought into the father's household. Let me not get too far ahead of myself. Deliverance comes with salvation. It's a part of salvation. Once you get saved, deliverance is a part of salvation. But the issue becomes is the protocol that we don't want to respond to. Mm. Okay. I love y'all. I just want to say that before I say this. Okay. There's one voice. And not two. We try to make it seem like Jesus, the Lord, God, Holy Spirit, like they're separate voices. We try to make it seem like that. The Spirit told me, hmm. The Spirit told you. Right, which one? That's a good one. Which spirit? But I, I, the Father is the only voice. All right? How do I know that? Because Jesus said he only do and say what the Father tells him to say. Right? So it, when Jesus says something, what that means? The Father said it. He said, if you deny me, you're not denying me. He said, you're denying the Father that sent me. Y'all ready? Let's go further. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit reveals Christ. 
He only reveals what Christ said. So if Christ only says what the Father says and the Holy Spirit only says what Christ says, then what is the Holy Spirit? The voice of the Holy Spirit. The Father. That's why I said we got to clean this thing up if the Lord says something. Because the truth be told, Jesus ain't, he ain't talking to people no more. Jesus not talking to people no more. I know they keep saying, I seen you. Jesus not talking to people no more. Okay, after, the, after Jesus died on the cross, he came back, he had three conversations. All three conversations were pretty much related to his body and his father. That's why I say, if you hear Jesus talking, he's talking about, one, his father, two, the body. Okay, immediately in the book of Acts, first chapter, the disciples asked him, when is he going to restore the kingdom? He said, I don't know. The Father knows. <laughs> he said, I'm not even privy to this information. He said, the Father knows. Right? Then, when he, when he drove down on Paul, because he was crucifying Christians, and he said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? His body. Mm. Then, when he came to Peter in a dream, and he told Peter, do not call the Gentiles detestable. They are now a part of my what? Body. So anytime you say you hear the Lord talking, the Lord is not, is not going to talk to you about personal matters. He's going to talk about his father and he's going to talk about his body. Because the father is the one that raises you. Jesus ain't talking to you about marriage. He's not the father. Why do you think he said pray to the father? So he said, pray to the Father, but I'm going to answer you. I'm starting trouble. I'm just, he said, when you pray, get in the secret place. And he says, when you get there, who going to be there? The Father going to be there. And he says, what your Father sees you do. I ain't looking. I'm not looking at you. He says, what the Father sees you do, he'll reward that. He said, when you give, the Father will reward that. He said, when you fast, he said, the Father will reward that. He said, when you pray, don't pray to me. He said, pray to the Father. He said, worship the Father. Then he said, the Father was seeking such, the Father seeking worshipers, Jesus not. The Lord not seeking worshipers. God not seeking worshipers. A father seeking worshipers. Y'all could have did better than that. <laughs> Sound like y'all had one finger. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. But you need to know this because of spiritual growth. You need to know the voice that you hear because I hear so many people say that they hear the Lord, that they hear that Jesus came. Look, if Jesus come visit you, he's going to talk about his father. And he's going to tell you to find a body to be a part of. That's it. That's it. Plus, the Bible says this, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without no man will see the Lord. That word see means to perceive. So he said, if you don't have peace, and you're not walking in a holy manner, I don't even talk to you. So that's why I know when people get upset in church, that ain't the Lord talking to you. 
Because he said, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without, you can't hear me. You can't see me. I'm not in, a, I'm not in your decision making. Y'all going to be tight. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm serious. We, this is serious business. Because the thing that hurts the church and plagues the church more than anything is religion. It's religion. It's religion. We're not fighting the devil. He defeated. He's under our feet. <laughs> We're fighting religion. Jesus wasn't fighting Satan. It was a conversation. He said, it is written. It is written. You only worship the Father. Be gone. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he flees. It's the religion that we can't resist. It's the scriptures used in a way to control you, to make you think God said that. That's what we're up against. We, 2010, I'm walking, the father tells me, at the time, yeah, okay, I mean, no. At the time, I just knew God. I didn't know him as a father. And he says, I'm going to use you to change the entire generation. I was part of apostolic denomination. In the mom, I didn't say it, but in my mind, I'm like, how? How are you going to do that? Okay. Then as we begin to exit Louisiana and we move to Georgia, he told me, forget everything that you have learned and I'm going to reteach you. I'm going somewhere. When we got here, I was mad, hot, upset at him. The more he would teach me about sonship, the more he would, would, would unfold scriptures to me, my question was like, why did you not give this to me beforehand? He said to me, I needed you to see what the kingdom was up against. The kingdom is not up against sinners. They love Jesus. They flocked to Jesus. Everywhere you go, he was a rock star to sinners. It was the religion that was the issue. It was the Sadducees. It was the Pharisees. It was the scribes. That's why I tell you, Jesus, heaven's not looking at our sins. It's looking at our development. Heaven's not looking at our sins. If heaven's looking at our sins, it passes right over us. Because we're all sinners. We're 100% sinners. He's saying that, okay, you got saved 20 years ago. You was 100% sinner. Why are you still at 92? That's what he's looking at. He's looking at you've been saved for 80 years, 90 years. Why is it that you're still at 50% sin? This is what he's looking at. It's about spiritual development. It's about spiritual development. Amen? All right, let me keep going. All right. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Now, this is Paul's prayer for spiritual growth, for salvation. He says, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. He says, we are asking that you may be filled. Say filled. filled. 
that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I can go off on a tangent about some other stuff, because if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, why do you now need to be filled with the knowledge? Why do you need to be filled now with the knowledge? Because this is education. Filled with knowledge is education, right? We talked about the miseducation. Soul battles happen because of what you're not filled with. He said that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, spiritual, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding are part of the seven spirits. But what it shows you is the truth behind being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I tell you that being filled with the Holy Spirit is like a cucumber being dipped in brine and sealed off. That cucumber is in that liquid. Amen. Y'all got the visual? It's in there. It's in there. And while it's in there, the cucumber is filled. But it's not full. So the conversion from the cucumber to the pickle to become a pickle is that the thing that is around it is now in it. And when it is in it, it is no longer a cucumber. It is now a pickle. And you can't reverse that. When you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, because you're filled, which means the Holy Spirit is around you. It's ministering to you. The Bible says that we have ministering spirits always ministering to us because we are heirs of salvation. But are you hearing are you listening? Are you obeying? It's the same thing as going to school. You enlisted in school. You enrolled in school. Now that you have enrolled in school, you're filled with a campus full of information. <laughs> you're filled with it. But you won't go to class. You won't study. You won't turn into homework. you disrespectful to the professors. But you're still filled. <laughs> you're still filled. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but are we listening to the Spirit? Because the extension of the voice is, like I told you, if the Father spoke through Jesus and then the Holy Spirit revealed him and then Jesus said, I left the fivefold ministry. Okay. See, this is the part right here where I exit. So the voice extends from the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit to the fivefold ministry. It's one voice. Y'all don't like y'all. We good? Okay, let me give you an example. And a nice and Sapphira come to Peter. He asked him a question Did you sell the property? <laughs> Did you sell the property? They said, yeah, we sold it for this much. He said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Did she lie to the Holy Spirit? Did she lie to the Holy Spirit? Huh? Who she thinks she was lying to? She thought she was lying to Peter. But she was talking to Peter and lying to the Holy Spirit. He even said it further down. He said, why have you let Satan fill your heart to lie to God? Yeah. 
But she didn't lie to God and she didn't lie to the Holy Spirit. She lied to the apostle. I'm just giving you heaven's perspective. Because it's one voice. If Jesus left the fivefold ministry, if he left the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, why? To continue the voice. That's why he says, obey them to have the rule over you, over your soul. I got to make sure I say that. The rule is over your soul. It ain't over your life. It's not over your life. It ain't over your marriage. It's not over your household. Y'all listening to me? Can, can, I need you to hear me. Don't listen. I need you to hear me. It's, it's over your spiritual education. I have to labor with you until Christ is formed in you, right? Then you have to obey. <laughs> he said so you can do it so that we won't do it with grief. It's grievous when we say to do it this way and you just do it the way you want to do it. It's grievous. And then you say, I'm going to do what the Lord told me. So the Lord ain't talking to us. <laughs> he's bypassed us and he just started talking to you. So there's no need for us now. You, do are y'all with me? Because <laughs> we got to get it right. Because there's too many people who are losing destiny and losing purpose over what they say they heard. The Lord said, don't listen to the apostle. Don't listen to the prophet. <laughs> don't listen to the evangelist. Don't listen to the teacher. Don't listen to the pastor. I'm going to teach you myself. No scripture for that. That's religion. But I understand because religion make you want to do that. I need to hear the Lord for myself. They done took up 10 offerings <laughs> in one service. They all in my bedroom in my marriage. Like, no, we come to church, learn. That's it. Pray. You feel me? Get on a prayer call, show up to church on time. That's the extent of my, of my authority. I can't tell you where to live, where to move, who to marry, what car to drive. Anybody trying to do all that? <laughs> when I get off this thing, I'm going to spend time with my boo and my kids. I ain't got time. I don't, even, I don't want to think about y'all until the prayer call. Where you at? <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I don't know where all that came from. It says, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, this is a, deg this is a degree program to grow up into the Lord. Amen? Amen. Verse 10, this is my proof. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. Why? Because you took on his name and you're growing up into Jesus. You are part of his body. If, if you're part of his body, he's the head. When he move, you move. Don't y'all do it. I know somebody's going to say just like that. Then it says bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. So what we have here is, look, we have, the, we have growing in the knowledge of God. Then we have being filled with the knowledge of his will. That's education. 
But he's telling you that the education is going to make you walk like the Lord. And after you walk like the Lord, that you will, you will fully please him, then you will bear fruit in every good work because you will grow in knowledge of God, which means now you will have insight into eternal things. You will have insight into spiritual things. It's growing in the knowledge of God is education in eternity into divine things. Now you have to learn about the kingdom. Now you have to learn about angels. You have to learn about heavenly things, spiritual things. That's why the Bible tells us to set our mind on what? Heavenly things. Don't worry about the temporal. Worry about the what? Eternal. Don't be carnal. Be what? Spiritual. That's the knowledge of God. So we grow into the Lord. So we grow into the Lord. And the more we grow into the Lord, we become more effective as we get knowledge in God. Y'all with me? All right, here I go. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Here we go. This is the meat of the message. I did all that to get to this. so that you may have great endurance and patience. So if you are growing in the knowledge of God, you get to a place where you are strengthened according to his glorious might and you have endurance and patience. This is the proof that the education is taking place. Y'all with me? The other proof is that you can joyfully give thanks to the Father. You understand the relationship. And you have to understand it because the Bible says, verse 12 says, let me get verse 12. Verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father, here we go, who has enabled you to share in the, inher in the saints' inheritance in life. So the Lord or God, that's not the one who enables you. It is the Father. So if it's the father who enables you, it's about you being a child. It's about him looking at you and seeing his DNA there. This is the reason why most people go for their purpose and they go for their destiny, but they never see it. Because it's the father who enables you to share in the saint's inheritance. And the inheritance is what? In the light. What is light? Divine truth. What is the opposite of light? Darkness. Which is what? Means you're ignorant to divine things. That's why you have to grow into the knowledge of God. Plus, light is a representation that you are impacting. You can't get your, your inheritance. The inheritance is for those who want to impact. I'm going to say it again. The inheritance is for those who want to impact. The riches is for those who want to impact. God don't care about your finances. He care about his body, his mission. <laughs> the power is for those who want to impact. The wisdom is for those who want to impact. The glory is for those who want to impact. And you can't hide that. He watching your prayer life. <laughs> you can't hide that. He's watching your study habits. You can't hide that. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your discipline. 
So the inheritance, he wants us to have it. He enabled us to get it. But he only shares it when we're in the light. Because what parent gives stuff to disobedient children? Besides Satan. <laughs> Here we go. This is the last scripture, and I did all this to get to this scripture. I did all, all this to get to that scripture. Thank you. Appreciate that. Verse 13. It says, he has rescued us. Who is he? The father. God didn't rescue you. The Lord didn't rescue you. This was a mission for a father. He rescued you. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son he loves. He rescued us. That word rescue means deliver. He delivered us. How did he deliver us? By transferring us. By translating us, we got traded. <laughs> we got traded from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We got traded from the kingdom of, of the sons of disobedience to the kingdom of the son he loves. That was a transfer. He converted us. He translated us. He moved us into his household. He moved us into his kingdom. That's why we are now what? Citizens. He positioned us. He seated us with his son in his son, made us join heirs. Is that not deliverance? How much more deliverance can you ask for? <laughs> you went right from the hospital to his house. So he transferred us by way of what? Us being born again. The new birth translated us. It transferred us. And the soul battle happens here. The reason why we need the deliverance in this situation, because the question becomes, will you be his child? That's where the deliverance, why the deliverance is needed, because will you be his child? The other way he transferred us in was about adoption. New life, new creation, new man, old things are passed away, all things have become new. <laughs> new man, take off the old man, put on the new man. How much more deliverance do we need? He removed us from the orphanage, then he removed the orphan. Then he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Is that not deliverance? But the soul battle happens because the life in the kingdom going to take some time to get used to. It's going to take some time to get used to. Because it's as if you got dropped off in Russia and now you got to live your life. You don't know the language. You don't know the travel. You don't know the laws. You don't know anything about it. Because you've never. How many of y'all been to heaven? 
<laughs> just got to ask. Whatever. <laughs> the fact that you have never been to heaven means you have to learn about it. It's going to take some time to get, get to know, right? And the thing about it is we live in earth and don't know nothing about it. We live in earth and don't know 1% of what's going on in earth. What you think you know about heaven? We live in earth and we don't know, we don't know 1% about ourselves. So it's going to take some time to get used to. So you're going to have to be patient. Why? Because the Bible says patience has its perfect work. And in the process, you're going to have to stop uprooting yourself. Let me say that again. In the process, you're going to have to stop uprooting yourself. Every time you don't agree, every time you disagree, every time there's a problem, you uproot yourself. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about loyalty. I'm not talking about a church service. I'm talking about loyalty in a relationship, in a friendship. You got to stop uprooting your, it's, it's going to take time for you to get this thing. It took Paul 15 years to go from Saul to Paul. By the time he got bit by that snake, it was 50 years. I know we look at it like he had power. It was 50 years into it. What are you talking about? <laughs> you act like he got saved and got bit by a snake no you be worried stop acting like that you be worried first day on the job I just got saved get bit by a snake you need the saints to pray for you <laughs> you ain't got the confidence you don't know the kingdom he had to go through being shipwrecked he had to go through being without food he had to go through learning how to be content he had to go with his countrymen betraying him, his family betraying him. Then when he get, and when he opens all that, getting bit by a snake, it's nothing because he, the father's already been there for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's already practiced it and tried it, and he's seen that it worked. Could I get tired of this? Just got saved, and I'm about to take over the world. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna sit your butt down and you're gonna learn. <laughs> You're going you gonna to start at a Nepios, you're going to go to a Pation, then you're going to go to a Technon, then you're going to go to an Anisco, then you're going to go to a Wios, then he's going to use you to do great things. Amen. That's the only way it's going to happen. Because deliverance is by DNA. You're going to go through the stages of sonship. On that side, then on this other side, we're going to remove that orphan. The thing that every time somebody challenges you, you back away. The thing that makes you, I don't want to be vulnerable. All right, I'm in your business now. Okay. I see y'all looking at me like that. So, so now that we've been born again, deliverance, come on. Now that we've been adopted, deliverance, the thing now is you need to eat from his household and his household only. So, if we don't know about and live out deliverance by DNA, we end up needing deliverance. 
because we're in darkness and we go from darkness to disobedient to skeptical to I need to be delivered. Then you get delivered, then you go back to darkness, back to being skeptical, back to being disobedient, and then you need to be delivered. When it was only supposed to be obey, trust, believe. <laughs> obey, trust, believe. Instead of obeying, you disobedient. Instead of trusting, you skeptical. Instead of believing, you only trust yourself. I don't know what that one is, okay? So the soul battle is this. Do I go back or do I become? Ain't no middle ground. Adam had two trees. He said, eat from this one, <laughs> don't eat from that one. Eat from the tree of life, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He ate from the wrong tree and everybody need to be delivered. <laughs> Am I right? He ate from the wrong tree and everybody needed to be delivered. So if you eat from the wrong thing, what you think gonna happen to you? Find what he said, do it. Because according to the scripture, he rescued us from the domain of darkness. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He brought us into divine, into a place where we can understand divine things because we were ignorant to divine things. He removed us from Satan's hands. He removed us from the, the, the devices. He removed us from the covenant. He removed us from that conversation because kingdom of darkness or domain of darkness means that Satan had rulership over your spirit. And when you get saved, this is my last thing I'm about to close. When you get saved, understand this. At the spirit level, you are born again. Say that with me. Say at the spirit level, I am born again. But at the soul level, I've been adopted. Okay? So at the spirit, so if you're born again, you're one with Christ right now. There's no difference between you and Jesus. The only difference is your soul. This is why you're told to have the mind of Christ. There ain't nothing Satan can do about this. Ain't nothing Satan can do about the born again. That's why I'm telling you religiously, oh, come on, Holy Spirit. <laughs> religiously, you have to understand that religion, listening to religion is just like listening to Satan. Okay, because Jesus and John said the Pharisees and the Sadducees were a brood of vipers. He called them a brood of vipers. He said religion is a nest of snakes. It's a nest of venomous snakes. It sounds good, but it, when it bites you. And it takes us back to what? The serpent. How do we get in this whole thing? Eve listening and talking to a serpent. All right, let us pray. Let us sing. I'm done. Oh, let us bow our heads. Pray in your heavenly language. We're going to pray for a couple minutes.
let the word be sealed 